Someday, and that day may never come, I'll call upon you to do a service for me. But uh, until that day, accept this justice as a gift on my daughter's wedding day. Grazie. Grazie. Uh, give this to uh, Clemenza. I want reliable people, people that aren't going to be carried away. I mean, we're not murderers, in spite of what this uh, undertaker says. Welcome to Happy Fun Time Movie Hour. My name is Eric. Sitting across from me is Arwen. You can follow us on Facebook. We are uh, Happy Fun Time Movie Hour. You can follow us on Twitter. We are at Funtime Movies One. That is Funtime Movies and the number one. We are the family-friendly podcast that talks about rated R movies, and sometimes more. But today uh, is a more rated R movie. Also, while you're, you know, liking and sharing us, go ahead and rate us at ratethispodcast.com slash movie. It will help you go to your certain platforms that have allow rating, and then you can leave us a rating, which will help boost us so we can expand more. Okay. That'll work. Hello, Barcelona. We had a lot of Spain the other yeah, day. Yeah, it was weird. <laughs> um, I feel like they're all bots. They're just bots. They just probably like are. Us. You know? I don't know why they would do that. I'm sure there's somebody in Barcelona who did listen to at least one of them. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> okay, so we decided to do an epic movie for the first week of the first year of 2020. Yeah, we did. And that is The Godfather. 1972, two hours, 55 minutes long, and it's rated R. And I don't think this is the longest movie we've ever done. I, I think that Inglorious Bastards is the longest movie we've done. It might be. It's a long movie. Yeah. This feels like a long movie, though. Like, you're, in, you're engrossed in everything, but when you get up, from watching this like if you sit straight through you're like i'm oh. a little creaky or you're like oh it's it's dark out yeah now. yeah what, what day is it <laughs> the second movie is even longer i think that one tops almost four it is very long but the second movie is really good because yeah. of the way that they go back and forth this one is an amazing movie right like 12 pages of notes amazing movie this movie got uh several academy awards it got accolades from all sides of the world, um, including the mafia side after a little negotiation. <laughs> I mean, the organized crime side. There is no mafia. No. <laughs> yeah, let's talk a little bit first about the making of this movie. Sure. All right, so Mario Puzo wrote this book. Right. And he went to Las Vegas, met with a less than reputable human being. Mm-hmm. And just threw scenarios at him. He goes, what would happen if this happens? He goes, oh, if that happens and this happens, you know. So he kind of worked that out. And then he, you know, did a little bit of research. Mo Green's character is based off of Bugsy Seagull. Oh. Um, I believe that the regular, the Corleone crime family is named after maybe the Gambino crime family. Okay. So there's, there's a lot going on there. Mm-hmm. But... When Paramount wanted this movie made, they just wanted a shoot 'em up gangster film. They even threw away the source material. They're like, we're not interested in that. Call it The Godfather, make it a shoot 'em up. Yeah, I could see them doing that. 
and uh, and that's what they did back in the day. They did you know the Bonnie and Clyde's. The, right. Uh, they did this one that starred uh, Kirk Douglas that made no money. So they were suddenly disinterested in making a mob movie. Mm-hmm. Francis Ford Coppola wasn't even set to direct. In fact, wasn't he disinterested at first? Yeah, he didn't want to do it. But they decided that they wanted to go after somebody that is Italian, maybe Sicilian. I don't think they got Sicilian. But they also had a backup to Coppola if he would misbehave. <laughs> yeah. What does that mean? It means like, like if he goes over budget, oh, if he's if he's going he over time. He do what they want them to they, do. They, they wipe his crap out and they put in this other guy. So much money lost. Yeah, and this other guy directed... A Streetcar Named Desire. Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. And I don't know his name, but I, I saw a documentary on YouTube, blah, blah, blah. So as soon as they greenlit the movie, the Italian-American civil rights uh, people got involved. Okay. Saying, we don't want to be depicted as criminal organizations. Right, right. The weird thing is, the guy who headed this up was a, a, a member of the Colombo family uh-huh. who were racketeers and extortionists Mm -hmm. and there you go and so they tried to influence all these people so they go after this producer and they're like hey it'd be nice to see you uh sometime uh but uh you better watch your wife tomorrow she might she might have a little accident oh my god crap like that so people were backing out and coming (laughs) in and backing out because they were scared yeah Uh and uh it took this one guy who was the one of the producers to go and meet with the Italian civil rights people. Mm-hmm. And he said, what do you want? And they said, we don't want the word mafia or Cosa Nostra used in the film. Mm-hmm. And to his delight, they only used the word mafia once. And that was as a derogatory term. Right. And he's like, yeah, done. So whatever that dude says, mm-hmm. and we'll get to him. Uh, whatever he says, uh, it's all just racist stuff. Anyway, yeah. yeah. Um, so we Inten- got that. Yeah, intentionally. Yeah, we got that. Mario Puzo and Francis Ford Coppola each wrote a script. Okay. Then they wrote a script together, and then from that they pieced an entire script together. That sounds exhausting. Uh huh. Some of it made it to Godfather Two. Mm-hmm. Okay. But a lot of it was still in the film. Okay. George Lucas secretly directed a part of this film. I wonder why I saw him in that one documentary. Yeah. <laughs> um, Steven Spielberg loved the script so much, he almost quit directing. He thought, well, nobody's ever going to make a movie better than that. <laughs> and he's almost right. To a degree. So There's anyway, still entertainment, though. James Caan, one of the actors in the film, he got in trouble with by just schmoozing up to mafia people. Mm-hmm. Um, he started hanging out with them. He lived at the Playboy Mansion, I think, at this time for like six months. Oh, that's he odd. He just lived there. You know? Weird. <laughs> um, Frank Sinatra tried to get the movie shut down because he thought that the uh, character of Joey Fontaine was based off of him, and it's not. I can see how he would think that. Who else? A lot of Las Vegas people wanted this thing shut down. Really? In the 70s. Especially because of the later half of this movie. Well, in the 70s, Las Vegas was not, a hub. Not, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah, there's lots of stories. One of my favorite movies is Casino. Yeah. 
And, you know, you, you think of Casino kind of when you think of the later part of this movie and how weird and transitional and almost Wild West Vegas oh, had absolutely. to have been during this era. Absolutely. Uh, so anyway, the movie is The Godfather, directed by Francis Ford Coppola, written by Mario Puzo and Francis Ford Coppola, adapted from a book by Mario Puzo, who also wrote Superman, the first one. Did he? Yeah. I didn't know that. And that's why Brando was in that one. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Brando did not need to be in that movie. No, but it's fine. I mean, it's just a bit part. Right. Um, they didn't want Al Pacino. They thought he was too short. They wanted Robert Redford. Well, they wanted a blonde. They didn't want somebody who looked like an Italian. Right. Which I thought was interesting. Is Was that because of the character description in The character Puzo's description book? in the book was that he was... Uh, fairer skinned he was less italian yeah. looking okay um james Kahn also uh he he was on for being santino uh-huh but then they were like oh we want you to play michael now and he's like what the heck he would and not he have made not, a good michael he did he did not test well i've watched some of his test footage really and it's not good he's more inclined to be santino yeah he is no, well, sunny definitely. he completely. is completely um what else oh and uh brando they totally did not want Brando. Which surprises me. It doesn't surprise me. Well, I know of, he had a reputation. Because of On the Waterfront and a couple other movies that he had done. Okay. Where it would go over time because he was being difficult. And so they put it in his contract, mm-hmm. if you're difficult, you're out. Really? Yeah. Wow. He obviously wasn't very difficult for they this didn't, movie. They didn't want him at all. And Coppola kept going, yeah, what about Brando? And they're like, no, no, no. Uh, what about Brando? And he's like, no, no, no. And he goes, what about Orson Welles? They were like, no. <laughs> he goes, well, what about Brando? I think that this is probably the best role Brando ever played. I really liked him in Streetcar. I'll, I'll just say, yeah, Streetcar is probably his best movie. Yeah, I really like what he did in this movie. I've watched a lot of garbage with him in it, uh-huh. so it's easy to say that you can you can compare his acting styles um, for Streetcar and his acting style he did in Godfather, and they're very they're very different. compatible though. They seem very different. He he uses the whole room for his That's scene. That's true. That's true. He does uh-huh. that. Uh-huh. Um, we see that in the first scene with with yeah. Brando in Godfather. And and I've I've seen Last Tango in Paris. It's not a great movie. People, Isn't that the one where he? Uh, yeah, the butter scene. Blah, yeah. Blah, blah. Um, but it's not good. It's not a good movie mm-hmm. to me. Right. It's mostly in French, mm. and I don't care for French. <laughs> That's all. All right, this movie stars Marlon Brando, Al Pacino, James Caan, Diane Keaton, Robert Duvall, Abe Vigoda, Talia Shire, and Alex Rocco. Talia Shire is the sister of Francis Ford Coppola. She also plays the wife of Rocky in the Rocky films. Yes. Just so that you're not like, who the hell's it, chick? I think those are her only acting roles, aren't they? No. No? No, she's oh, been around. Then I have never seen anything else she's probably ever done. Yeah. Or you have, but you <laughs> didn't just realize didn't know that it was her. her. She has a very recognizable face, though. Yeah. She she just looks she, different than other me, people. To me, she looks like Sarah Silverman. A little bit. Yeah. A little bit, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, anyway, 
the show opens up in a black nothingness mm-hmm. and you hear the godfather theme play yes that makes you know that you're watching the movie mm-hmm. the first line said in all of the films i believe in america now this is an undertaker telling a story about his beautiful daughter his only child who met this guy not an italian and uh, they go out to a movie or something, and then a couple of his friends show up, and they beat and rape her. Yes. They disfigure her face. He tries going through proper channels, mm-hmm. and uh, the cops did nothing. They they got uh, released on they got, a uh, suspended uh, sentence. Yes. So Marlon Brando's sitting there listening to him. Whole story, just sitting there, riveted. The best part of this scene is the cat. Oh, yeah. So there's this cat on his lap that is just loving the crap out of Marlon Brando. He's petting it and just loving on this cat. Story behind this cat is it's a stray they found in the Paramount lot. Nobody knew what to do with it. And they're like, well, Brando's a big fan of animals. Two things that Brando liked were animals and children. He hated everybody else. (laughs) Okay. And so they handed in the cat, and so he got the cat to, you know, sit on his lap and be still for a little bit. But then uh, when the cat just started going, Mm -hmm. and its purring was so loud, they had to overdub everything in that scene, or the scene was ruined. Oh, my gosh. See, I always felt that their voices seemed a bit overdubbed. Yeah. It it just seemed oddly quiet. You know, now I know why. (laughs) So... We learn throughout this part of the movie, there's a wedding going on, and uh, a Sicilian cannot refuse a, uh, a request a request on his daughter's birthday. On his daughter's wedding day. On his, yeah, daughter's wedding day. <laughs> Boy, that'd be a lot of requests. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so there's like a line of people wanting to see him, mm-hmm. but he says, uh, you know, You've, you've known my family for a long time. You've never even been asked me over for coffee. I mean, why did he come to me now? Why now? And he's like, because I went through the popper channels and I want justice done and you can deliver justice. He goes, I'm a godfather to your daughter. You never even had me over. Why? Obviously, the guy wanted to be a good guy. Yes. Yes. He didn't want anything to do with what he thought. Right. And so he says, okay, so... Uh, Ask me, ask me what you want done. So he gets up, the undertaker gets up, walks around the desk and whispers in his ear. That was great. Mm-hmm. That was great cinema right there. Yeah. Because you can't hear what oh, he's asking absolutely either. Not. He goes around, sits down. You know, Vito Corleone, that's, that's his name. He goes, this I cannot do. Mm-hmm. He's like, why not? He goes, because that's not justice. You want me to kill two men? They beat up your beat up your daughter. Your daughter's still alive. I can do anything else, but this I cannot do. And so they agree. He also he also gets him to say that Vito is his friend. You're you're my friend. Yes. Yeah. You know? And he calls him Godfather and kisses his ring. He does. Yes. So there's this. And there's whole a price thing. for this. And there is a price for it. It's like making a deal with the devil. Kind of, yeah. In in comic books, if you ask if you ask Mephisto for anything, he's gonna 
he's going to expect something in return mm-hmm. plus interest. Yeah. And uh, that doesn't really happen here because we see the Undertaker later on. And, yes, yes. You know, he, we, we know it's going to be in the future. He does something. We'll talk about that yeah. when it happens. But he's like, he puts Clemenza on the case. Clemenza is this big, rough brute that will, you know, take care of these three boys. Mm-hmm. We assume it happens because later on, the f- a favor is made. Yeah. This is a giant Catholic wedding. They're going back and forth between Corleone talking to people. Yes. And then wedding scenes. Yeah, and we see Clemenza drinking wine oh, and dancing. Oh, he's having a good time. And, and he's like, Polly, yeah. more wine. Polly, Polly, give me more wine. Polly, come here. <laughs> and then later on, they show Polly getting some sandwiches. They're like, gabagoo, gabagee, gabalda. You know? Yeah. And, uh... The, the wedding cake that eventually comes out is like five it's, tiers. It's yeah, it's huge. gigantic. Yeah. In fact, at one point they show a brief encounter with him and the baker, and he goes, "He goes, I'm, I'm giving you your offer. You know, you ask me for this favor, I give it to you. You should see the, you should see this cake. It's this big around, this high." <laughs> and there he's like, "Get out," you know. And uh, <laughs> we see uh, that the. They do a family picture and but they Vito's don't. there. But it's a family they, it's a they, family picture. No, 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 no. They they go to do the family picture and he asks where Michael is. Oh yeah, Michael's not there. You know what? Fredo wasn't even there yet. Fredo was there. He wasn't in the picture. I don't think he was, but Fredo we we eventually see Fredo and he is plastered. And and, and yeah, and he his name is uh Cazell, right? I think so. John Cazell? I think so. He was in the Deer Hunter. He was in the Deer Hunter. He was in Dog Day Afternoon. Uh, two of the Godfathers, and he died. Right. He had he cancer. He had cancer of some sort. Everything he was in won awards. Though. Yeah. He won Best Supporting Actor awards in almost every single one of those movies. Yeah. He was good. Yeah. He's good actor. What's funny is also during the during this wedding scene, we're seeing other families come in. That are obviously yes. in the crime families. And we see Don they, Barzini. They name him. Yeah. They're like, there's Don Barzini. And yeah. everybody's like, oh, great. Yeah. Great. And a photographer t- tries to take his picture. And they're uh-huh. like, uh, mm-mm. And yeah. they break his camera. And then they pay him for it. <laughs> I don't think they broke no, no, the camera. They didn't they, break his camera. They, they took, took the, that one. They took the film. Yes. And, and shattered it. Yes. There was a camera breaking later. Yeah. Santino breaks a camera yes. out in the parking lot. Because the guy's taking pictures of all the cars. That's right, yeah. That's where we get to see Sonny's famous uh, anger issues. Uh, apparently, James Conn did this in real life at the time. You oh, know, really? He hated his picture taken. He hated the paparazzi. So he broke a lot of cameras. I, could, I um, can understand that. I think that's what made Britney go crazy. I believe my mom said art is life or something like that. You know, uh-huh. art something life. Art, art imitates life. Art imitates life. Mm-hmm. That's what she said. And I was like, why? And she goes, oh, he did that all the time. <laughs> all right. So the first time I watched this movie, I watched it with my mother mm, on uh, mm-hmm. ABC. So we had commercials and stuff, too. So oh. this movie was four hours oh, long. Oh, no. I'm so glad. There's a bunch that was taken out, though. A lot of oh, violence. Sh- a, lot of, yeah. a lot of one nude scene. But the FBI are there. They're trying to get license plate numbers. Santino comes out. He's, you know, complaining and... The guy shows the FBI badge and he spits on the ground next to him. He goes, whatever. And then he goes back in. And Santino, you, you can see right here, he's a hothead. He's going to act first, ask questions later. Mm-hmm. He's very irrational. 
Yeah. Santino's wife, you just get a look out of her. She knows that he screws around. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's not that big of a deal, I guess. I mean, it's a big deal, but it really isn't. To her. To her, yeah. Yeah, yeah. She's pregnant. Yep. Um, They have twins, which... Yep. It dawned on us while we were watching this that yeah. those are probably the same twins we see in Godfather 2. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm just dumb. I, 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 well, there's it's a lot not of, important. There's a lot of side things going on. There's there's some people that are in every single movie, and you're like, what did they do? They just sat around and consulted, I guess. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's just all they did in the movies. And things like that. Even there's, that cop there's at the end. There's so much going on in this movie. Yeah. It's hard to catch everything. It is. The baker comes in and asks for a favor. Yeah. To have Enzo, the this man that's working for him, stay and marry his daughter. Right. He's going to get deported. And so he's an important character, Enzo, mm-hmm. to later in the movie. So you kind of like, oh, it, you don't really think about this beginning being important. Right. But it's extremely important. All of these things that are happening snowball into mm-hmm. other scenes later. And we get to meet Michael and Kay for the first time. Yes. Michael Corleone, war hero, just got back from World War II mm-hmm. in his full uh, officer uniform, uniform mm-hmm. or dress uniform. Mm-hmm. Kay is wearing a nice dress and she's looking pretty because she's friggin' whoever she is, Diane Keaton. Mm-hmm. And they're sitting down. They're having a good time. They dance first. And then they sit and talk about things. And they, they meet up Luca. with... Well, they meet up with... Uh, what's his name? First, Fredo? Fredo comes later. Okay. Fredo is drunk. I put that down here. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, Luca Brazzi is sitting behind Kay. Uh-huh. And he's reciting this speech he's going to give to Vito Corleone. Here's a funny fact, though. They filmed that scene already, and he flubbed his lines, and then he kind of bounced back and said the lines in a in a weird, stuttery way. Uh-huh. For Francis Ford Coppola liked that because it was like he's in awe of the person that he worships, right? Which is almost true in its own right because uh, the guy Lenny Montana, who played Luca Parazzi is a huge Brando fan. Oh, okay. And so he did not want to mess this up. Oh. And he messed it up anyway. <laughs> so so later they they introduced him practicing his lines so it would make sense in the narrative and he wouldn't look like a bumbling idiot. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Even though he kind of looks like a bumbling idiot. In the book, Luca Brazzi is a total uh, garbage bin. In the book, he finds out that his girl that he was having sex with got pregnant so they deliver the baby and he tells this other person to go throw it in the furnace and then they kill the woman oh my god why wait for her to give birth i don't know i don't know maybe it's because he's anti-abortion he's catholic he's catholic so you'd think he'd be anti-murder though too yeah well now didn't you say something about the actual yes actor to me that was interesting yeah uh Lenny Montana started off as a pro wrestler in the uh, 40s and 50s. By the late 50s, he had met up with the Colombo family, and he became a hitman and arsonist for them. Uh, so that's he's a really... And then he later became free. a bodyguard after he got arrested and did some time at Rikers. Oh, really? 
But he was still involved with the Colombo family all the way up until they were like, we could use that guy. Oh, wow. And they're like, that guy looks like Luca Brazzi to us. <laughs> so they so they hired him. Wow. So he wasn't an actor at all. I don't, Not really. I don't think he's done, he had done anything before that. But he had done a bunch of silly stuff after that. He did a comedy about The Godfather. He did a couple other things. Whether he's a redeemable person or not, I don't know. Mm-hmm. But uh, for the most part, Lenny Montana was probably a piece of garbage. Aw. Um, that's sad. Yeah. I always liked Luca. First time And I, then you told me about the, the book part, and I was yeah. like... <sighs> First time I saw the movie, uh, I thought it was uh, that dude from Alice. Oh, Mel. Mel. Yeah. Because I thought he was Mel from Alice, so I was like, wow. He's I got can see range. that. Yeah. And it's not. I don't think I watched this movie until I was pregnant with Jason. Yeah, probably. Yeah. So we get a scene with Ma- Mama Corleone. I love Mama. She's she's a wonderful actress. Mm-hmm. She learned Italian for this role. She's really? Fr- she's from New York. Oh, wow. She is only 10 years older than uh, uh, James Caan. Yeah, yeah. So it's weird playing her mother. You see this in Hollywood yeah, all the time. Yeah, you do. I mean, didn't we just see a movie? Uh, it was Reese Witherspoon and um, the kid from Twilight. Oh, Robert Pattinson? Yeah. Yeah. It was those two. And five years earlier, uh, he played her kid. That's right. And they were playing lovers in this movie. So, yes. Yeah, it's a little weird. Yeah. Yeah, Mama Corleone is singing this song. And apparently it has dirty lyrics. Everybody's laughing mm-hmm. and getting along. Uh, this old man starts to sing, and his teeth kind of pop out of his mouth a little bit, and his dentures. I mean, so you get that, and it's it's kind of a fun scene. It's a big wedding scene. Yeah. Johnny Fontaine arrives. Everybody's screaming. Mm-hmm. Johnny Fontaine is this crooner. He's uh, he's like the uh, I don't know Frank Sinatra. He of really their time. is. Yeah. I feel he's got more of a Tony Bennett look to him. Well, he does, but he his story may be more. Yeah, he might be more somebody else, mm-hmm. like uh, Dean Martin. <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine that? Dean Martin was mafioso. <laughs> but he comes, he sings a song, but he needs to talk to uh, to Vito. Yes, yes. Santino is upstairs banging this girl named Melanie. We don't get her name in the movie, but her name's Melanie, and okay. she has a gigantic vagina, and he's got a gigantic penis. Which we don't know. Yeah, we don't know that. But it's because it's of in the, the book. book. It's in the book. And I'm really glad that they did not choose to include that she, in the she movie. She just has a really cavernous vagina. That's what that's what he says. Some women, I think, have this issue. Yeah, Probably. <laughs> but I'm really glad that they did not put any of that in the movie. Once I heard what was in the book, I was like, yeah. no. Mm-mm. So Kay asks Michael, you know, how do, how do you know uh, Johnny Fontaine? This is amazing. Right. And so he tells this story, this horrifying story of how when he was in a contract, he wanted out of the contract. And so they went to this band leader and says, hey, either your blood or your signature is going to be on this contract. And the next day he was free to do whatever he wanted. Mm-hmm. And he's like, he's like, but that's my pop. That's not no, me. He goes, that's my family. Yeah, that's my family. Yeah. That's not me. <laughs> and, you know, there's a couple hints there mm-hmm, as mm-hmm. to what's going on. This whole wedding scene, after watching it again and again and again, you keep seeing things happening during this wedding scene. You're like, oh, that's going to pay off. Yeah, yeah. And it does. 
you, you also know that Vito is grooming Santino to, to run the family. Right. He's the second in command. Mm-hmm. Tom Hagen is going to be consigliere yes. in the wedding. Yes. But but the next time we see him, he is consigliere mm-hmm. because they cut out a scene where uh, Vito's talking to his consigliere on his deathbed. Mm-hmm. They do meet Tom. I keep forgetting. They do meet Tom. Tom's an adopted homeless orphan that they befriended they kind of adopted him Mm -hmm. um he became he got raised up in the family he's a lawyer he only has one client who is don Don. vito corleone Mm -hmm. he's irish german descent yes so there you go um so we get this scene with johnny going to see the the don yeah and it's funny Mm -hmm. it's very funny because johnny starts whining and crying and Don smacks him and tells him to to act like a man, right? Which is also funny because Tom is in the room and kind of laughs. You know why though? No, because Marlon Brando likes to ad lib. Oh, and that slap wasn't supposed to happen. <laughs> so Marlon Brando slaps him in the face, and and the guy that plays Johnny Fontaine's just like, "What the hell just happened?" <laughs> yeah. So you get That's you get that great. interaction. He's like, you can act like a man, and slaps him in the face, and he shakes him a little bit. And but he offers. He says, yeah, I can I can try and get you into this yes, movie. Yes, yes, no big deal. Uh, we do see Fredo around this time. Fredo's drunk. Yeah, um, he's having a good time. He goes, Mikey, you're here, and he's like, hey, this is Kay. Me, Kay. He goes, hello. And he looks at Mike. He goes, hey, who's your friend? You know. <laughs> And that kind of sets a stage for Fredo, that he's just going to be this guy that's kind of that guy. Yeah, and you you understand why Fredo is the way he is in the second movie. Right. There's a small bit right before, uh, I think, Vito gets to finally go to the wedding, where they're talking about uh, the new son-in-law. Yeah. And how they can give him a job, but no family business. Right. Which is interesting. Yeah. So the Corleone family mm-hmm. owns Genco Olive. Ah, uh, yes. Mm-hmm. And we only see that briefly in that yes. movie, in this movie. You see the bottles of olive oil spread out throughout the movie. Absolutely. Though. But you don't realize that's mm-hmm. what it is. You don't know it's Genco. Well, you probably know it's Genco, but it's Genco Olive Oil. Mm-hmm. That's how he became rich. And uh, then other things happened that helped him yes. a little bit more <laughs> but then that's legitimate side yeah the final scene is a nice scene where uh, marlon brando as don corleone is dancing with his daughter mm-hmm. and everybody lived happily ever after and that's the first hour of this movie it's a lot <laughs> it's probably a good 30 minutes it's it, a good at chunk. least yeah and but, then we cut straight to Hollywood. Yeah, I was going to say, the way these scenes transition are really smart. Yeah. Sometimes you get an overlay of one scene to the next, mm-hmm. and it's it's really creative to do it that yeah. way instead of just ending and then harsh cut. Right. So I don't know of any other movies that really do it like that. Uh, not too many. Not too yeah. many. Maybe earlier in the Star Wars films where they did a lot of swipes like yeah. that. But he got lazy with his swipes in the prequel trilogy, mainly because he was like, oh, they'll want to swipe here. Let's just swipe. (laughs) So Tom Higgins goes to Hollywood to meet with this guy named Waltz. Waltz is a movie director. 
and uh, he wants to talk to him. He wants to have Johnny get this movie part. It's very interesting how he didn't just come out and say that he worked for Don Corleone. Right. He didn't even say who his client was. Mm -mm. He was very respectful the entire time. Yep. He acted like what a lawyer would do. Yep. So that he would not get in trouble. Right. And then he gives him his card. Mm -hmm. Because this guy is not nice. No, he's not nice at all. He is a child molester. We don't get that through the book or through here, but we do in the book. Except that the part where he talks about like this it. girl that yeah. he was grooming up. Yeah. And that she was a good lay or whatnot. Yeah. Tom never drops Vito's name. Mm -hmm. He goes, my client, you know. And then uh, Waltz is, uh, he, he invites him over to his home. Well, he, he tells his guy to follow up on who this is. Yeah. And so, obviously, that guy figured out who he was. Yeah. Because that's the only way he'd invite him to Absolutely. his home. Absolutely. And then, I think one of the first questions he asked him is, why didn't you tell me who you worked for? Yeah. That's not important. Yeah. <laughs> it just isn't. He never na name drops him. Waltz says he doesn't want... F he says, this movie would be perfect for Fontaine. Mm -hmm. This movie would make Fontaine a big star. And he's never going to get it. And he's never going to get it. And he's going to drizzle out like like any has-been wash-up. And then he goes and it's into over this actress. why. Yeah. Yeah, he's like, you want to know why? And it's like, it's got to be a girl. Yeah, it's definitely a girl. <laughs> um, so, yeah, there's this actress. He groomed her. He was sleeping with her. Fontaine came in with his uh, guinea charm. Yeah. He, the, Waltz uses as many derogatory racial slurs as he can. Yeah, yeah. And uh, he just came in, had sex with her a bunch of times, probably convinced her she doesn't need to be with Waltz. Mm -hmm. So she decides she doesn't want to be with Waltz and she leaves. And yeah. she doesn't even stay in the industry. She's just gone. Yeah. Which makes me think that he probably got her pregnant. Yeah, most likely. Because that seems like why a lot of the women, they get into a bad situation they just disappear yeah so he says he's never going to get the part and you can go back and tell your friend one important thing is before they sit down for dinner waltz tours tom around his his estate yeah and shows him this prize horse it's like i'm not even gonna race it i'm gonna put it out to stud yeah and then you go on and you have this nice dinner and in the middle of the dinner when when he gets done telling tom why he's like now you can get out of here and it's like the whole time i found it interesting tom continues to eat because mm -hmm. i think he knows he's gonna get kicked out and he's, he's unfazed. hungry. he's yeah. unfazed he's like huh okay yeah and then when he asks him to leave he goes thank you for your hospitality he gets his stuff and he goes oh and he asked for uh i think he asked for a car yeah probably so that he can go to the airport right then and there yeah yeah because uh his he's client doesn't take bad news yes uh, very well. So everything's good. Waltz is happy. Tom Higgins is happy. Vito's happy. Right? No. No. <laughs> Waltz thinks he's done with this. Right. The next scene, we see a panned out shot of Waltz's home. Hank goes, you know, pans towards a window. Mm -hmm. And pans towards the bed. And the music in this scene increases. Yeah. And, and gets more tense. You want to know a story behind that? Sure. The uh, the music department played three different 
ways oh, the music okay they made it ominous the whole entire time mm-hmm. so that you knew something was going to happen they played a nice little ditty of the godfather theme all the way up until maybe around the time that he was starting to discover what's happening mm-hmm. and then they played the theme that we get in the uh, dvd or the blu-ray oh that's perfect that that the way that they that one tested the best yeah the way that they did the music in the scene was perfect yeah because you're starting off nice and then you're like, oh, something might be wrong, you know? <laughs> and you almost suspect that Waltz is dead. Right. But Waltz wakes up in his satin sheets and his beautiful two billion thread cotton <laughs> whatever. And he's got blood on his hands. And he's like, what the hell? And he's like, where's this all this blood coming from? And he's like uncovering. He's like, it's on his legs. It's on his chest. What the heck happened? Yeah, he's looking for an injury on himself, yeah. too. And then he... He goes down to his feet and he whips open the sheets and it's a horse's head. It's his prize horse's head. Want to hear a funny story about this? Sure. It's a real horse's head. <gasps> no, it's not. <laughs> yes, it is. <gasps> that is twisted. <laughs> um, Francis Ford Coppola looked at a lot of uh, props. Uh-huh. None of them looked real enough to him. Uh-huh. And so he says, what if we go to a dog food slaughterhouse and just ask him for a horse's head? Oh, no. They obliged. They <gasps> they froze the head. They brought it to him in New Jersey. And uh, they thawed it out and put it in the bed with the guy. Did the actor know it was real? Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's horrifying. I know. It's a real horse's head. <laughs> okay, so... That's all with that, and apparently Fontaine gets the job because he's happy later on yes, in this movie. Yes, he. we find out he did get that job. So we start learning about probably the plot of the movie at this point. We're about an hour in, so we got two more hours. Here's where the movie really starts. Yeah, yeah. I always say that. I'm like, just, just calm down. I know a lot's going on right now. The movie's about to start. <laughs> After you see a horse's head, the movie's going to start. Mm-hmm. And it's true. It's like when you watch Taxi Driver. I know you you think the movie's boring, but wait till he buys the guns. <laughs> just just telling you, wait till he I've buys the guns. I've never been able to make it to the guns. Yes, you have. You watched the whole movie with me all the way through. Yeah, but I didn't pay attention because uh, I was bored. Jerk. So I need, to, I need to sit and actually watch it. Well, guess what? We're doing that next week. Ah, uh, scared. Yeah, you're lucky. <laughs> We learn about this guy named Salazzo. They yes. call him the Turk. He wants to push drugs. He's known for stabbing, if I remember yeah, right. Yeah, he's good too. with the knife. That's, yeah. That's what they say. And we see that later, I guess. It's not even him that does the stabbing. But he wants to meet with Vito about this to get a loan so that he can distribute his investment. He calls it a loan, but then he says it's an investment. Yeah. So... There's going to be a return on the loan. You give me a million, you'll get four million back. Yeah, uh, he said that he would get 30% interest. Yeah. And Vito, being the shrewd businessman that he is, asks, how much is the Tatalia family's interest going to be? Mm-hmm. And there's kind of like a quiet moment. And then the Turk is like, oh, you do research. Yeah. All right. Yeah, and he Business says that that'll come out of his share. Right. Whether it does or not, I don't know. Well, yeah. So they meet at the Genko Olive Oil Company. By the way, this is the only time they meet on neutral ground. Uh-huh. And it's not even neutral. It no. is Vito's office. Yes. So it's Genko Olive Oil. 
Vito just refuses to do the the work. He's like the drug business is dirty. It's it's not it's not refined. It's not what we do. And he says he would lose all the politicians and and lawyers that he has in his pocket. Yeah. Because drugs are dirty. Drugs are dirty. And then Sonny opens his mouth. Yeah. Yeah, Sonny says something. He's like, "Do you think that we're going to let the Tatalias?" And he's like, "Huh? No. You shut your mouth." Mhm. I love how when he has to chastise someone, he does it respectfully almost. Oh, he does it in private as well. Yeah, usually. But, you know. Well, with Tom there, I mean, Tom is yeah, yeah. the one but that I needs mean, to see everything. I mean, like, when this instance happens, he's like, oh, you know how kids are. They yeah. talk out of turn, you know, kind of brush it off. But then he really chastises yeah. him. Yeah, after Salazzo leaves, he yes. really gives him the yeah. business. So they decide that they're going to get Luca Brazzi to uh, act as a spy, a turncoat, if you will. Which is a bad, bad it's choice. A, it's not a smart idea. It would, no. have been, it, it would have been smarter if it was Clemenza. Really? Yeah, it would have. One memorable line from this, though, is when Don is chastising Sonny and he says, you never tell anyone outside of the family what you're thinking. Right. And that's a recurring theme mm-hmm. throughout the movie. Keep your mouth quiet right don't talk that's it just shut up Mm -hmm. it's better to be quiet sometimes it's better to listen and process that's the thing that Sonny could never learn is to process what he's hearing well if i remember right uh vito grew up and he was a very quiet kid anyway yes and he learned by observing yeah and so you know that's that's the way he teaches Mm -hmm. mm-hmm mm-hmm we get a little bit of a montage scene of Luca getting ready to go meet the Tatalias. A lot of Italian is spoken in this movie, so if you can't read, don't watch the movie. <laughs> uh, they show Fredo is uh, driving Vito around. Fredo's, Fredo's driving Vito, yeah. yeah because um, Polly called in sick. Right. And I, we also see uh, Michael and Kay shopping in New York. Yes. We get a lot of different things That's happening. the first scene that was ever filmed, by the way. Was it Found really? Out. Oh, okay. Yeah, the first scene they ever filmed was Michael and Kay Christmas shopping and then him seeing the newspaper. Oh, wow. So, it's interesting how things are shot out of place, but, mm-hmm. you know. I had always heard that the first scene that was shot was the dinner at the very end of the movie. <laughs> That's interesting. Yeah. Luca meets up with... Solazzo and uh, Tatalia, one of the Tatalias. Was he one of the Tatalias? Yeah, I wasn't sure if he was. he introduced himself as uh, somebody Tatalia. Okay. Because he, he looked like the bartender. Well, but he I was wasn't... acting as a bartender at that yeah, point. They were sure. the only three people there. Yeah, that's true. Okay. Solazzo shows up and he says, I heard you, uh, you want to maybe get into the Tatalia business. He's like, yeah, that's what I want to do. Mm-hmm. He's like, all right, let's have a drink. They offer him a drink. He rubs his hand, like he rubs Luca's hand, mm-hmm. and then Tatalia stabs him in the hand, and two guys uh, come up from behind and uh, piano wire his neck and kill yeah. him. Yeah, yeah. This was when uh, everything hits the fan. Yeah. The reason why this scene is even in the movie is because Paramount wanted the movie to be violent. Coppola doesn't like violence in movies. Mm-hmm. But he's like, all right, you want violence? I'll give you some crazy violence. And this was one of the scenes. The other scene is with Santino. Yeah, I was going to say, 
those are the major violent scenes. Some of the other violent scenes are kind of domestic abuse. Yeah, these are like close-up violent scenes. Yes. I mean, you see a lot of faraway violent scenes where stuff is happening somewhere, mm-hmm. but you don't really see it. Mm-hmm. This one is like right up in your face. Yeah. You see his tongue bulging yeah. out. His eyes are freaking out. Luke is killed. Right. Around the same time this is happening, Vito's in... His old neighborhood, I think. I think he was leaving his office. Well, that... Yeah, yeah. So he's in his old neighborhood. Uh-huh. And he's getting some fruit. Uh-huh. And uh, he sees people running towards him. He starts running away. And Fredo got in the car. Instead of staying outside... Instead of staying outside and having a gun. Car. Yeah. So... Because Fredo's an idiot. Yeah, so they shoot... Uh, Vito a bunch of times he gets in the shot. back. He gets shot Fredo five times. runs out of the of the car and he's fumbling for this gun that falls on the ground and then the guys run away and Fredo's just there holding his father going what, what's happened? How yeah, did this and happen? And he starts crying and shouting and he yells Papa at him. I'm like that's not yeah. gonna help. No. Luckily there were other people on the street that called for help. Yeah. Otherwise, he probably would have bled out there because Fredo's an idiot. Right. And shortly after this, Tom is taken. Yes. I always forget about this part. Really? Yeah. And it's a real intense part. Tom is taken, taken to the, like this warehouse somewhere. Mm-hmm. And he's kind of being like, you know, you're a consigliere. You're not muscle. We're not going to kill you. Mm-hmm. We're not going to smack you around. I don't like to do that. You know, kind of things like that. And he's like. I just want to make peace with Vito. Make peace with Don he, Corleone. He, he, he wants him to make that deal. Yeah. He goes, Sonny was hot for my deal. Yeah, he was. Yeah. yeah. And it's because I think it's because of Sonny's interaction. Oh, definitely. That set most of this in motion. Like, definitely. They were probably going to attack him anyway. But having someone that they knew, if they could get Don out of the way and Sonny would move up, they'd be like, oh, this will be easy. Right. So with Vito out of the way... Sonny's in charge. He's like, you can talk to Sonny. I know he's a hothead. I know, I know he talk. He, you know, he's he's hot under the collar, but you can talk to him. You can make some peace. We can get some business done. Tom doesn't really agree to it, but he doesn't not agree to yeah, it. Yeah, no. And they let him go. And he's like, what about Luca Brasi? Goes, I, oh, we'll worry about Luca Brasi later. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I don't know if this is time displacement where he hasn't killed Luca yet or Well, if he no, had. there's there's some time displacement because there's cuts between the scene too. Yeah. Like at first he goes, Your Don is dead. And then we get notice later we, we get the scene with Michael and Kay walking out of a movie talking about this Ingrid Bergman film. And then Kay stops and sees the newspaper. It's yeah. like, hey, hey, he calls, we find out Vito's still alive. And then one of the next scenes is Tom. The Turk learning that Vito's and he, still alive, he, yeah. he's letting Tom go, and he goes, he's still alive. You better make this deal. Right. Uh, we learned that it's 1945, yes. by the way. Yes, First time we saw any date. Uh-huh. And I think it was because of the newspaper. Uh, yeah. Santino and the uh, all the generals are in a room talking. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think Michael's in here. Michael's there. Yeah. And they're like, there's a delivery here. Oh, they see Polly. They're like, "Hey, Polly, how you doing? You you should really feed that cold. How you feeling? You all right?" Closes the door. We gotta kill that son of a bitch right now. He's gonna die. Yeah, it's funny how Sunny is here. So somebody goes out to get the vest. It's a it's 
Luca Brazzi's bulletproof yeah, they, vest. Yeah, they find out there's a package. And there's two fishes wrapped in there. They're like, what's this? Oh, this is a message. Luca Brazzi sleeps with the fishes. A lot of one-liners in this uh-huh. movie. This movie has been parodied by everybody. Which, doesn't Ava go to say this line? Probably. And he played fish in that one show. Yeah, but it wasn't yet. I think he didn't play that until the 76. It's still funny, though, it is, that he's talking about weird. fish and then he plays a character named Fish. Yeah. So Clemenza leaves the house and his wife says, hey, uh, grab some cannolis while you're in town. He's like, all right, cannolis, go get some cannolis. They got to go pick up Polly because they got to go look for mattresses. Yes. So what they're doing here is they're they're hitting the mattresses is what it said. They're going to rent a bunch of lousy places. They're going to hole up in there and they're going to just start attacking each other. And that's not even a real plan. I think this, yeah. No, that's a plan. It's not a real plan yet. It's it a feels plan. like this was a ruse to kill off Polly. This was a two for one deal. Okay. They were going to get those mattresses uh-huh. and they were going to kill Polly. Okay. And they were going to get cannolis. Yes. So they stopped the car in this wheat field or near this wheat field on this dirt road. You see the Statue of Liberty. So they're pretty close to the city, right? Yes. This is a beautiful scene. I gotta go take a leak. Clemenza gets out. While he's peeing, you hear three gunshots. Polly's dead. He comes back to the car. Another car pulls up. He's like, uh, leave the gun. Take the the cannolis. cannolis. (laughs) So, and that take the cannolis was a ad lib. I love that. Yeah. So, during this turmoil, Michael tells Kay, go back to New Hampshire. I'll call you. Yeah, so Michael is having dinner in a hotel with Kay. And he's like, things aren't safe right now. You should go. My family's involved in some stuff, and you know this. So let's just, we're not splitting up. It's it's a break. Yeah, and he doesn't really say that, but you get that. Right. And so he decides later on, you know, he didn't decide this. He's going to see his father after this dinner. Yes. So he goes to see his father. It's late. And the hospital, it's like the hospital from Halloween 2. Yes. There's like nobody there. Mm-hmm. Dinner's still sitting on one of the plates. Um, there's a record player with the music just on a loop because it's skipping. Yeah. There's yeah. nobody there. No, None of the guards are there. And it's very quiet. Very quiet. It's, it's the most eerie. I think this is the eeriest, most tense you'll be in the movie. Probably, yes. Yeah. And he goes to see his father. His father's there. His father's still alive. Because he thought they, you know, they've already killed my father. Yes. Yes. So his father's still alive. And then a nurse walks in. Mm-hmm. And she's like, what are you doing here? He's like, we're the men that are supposed to be protecting my father. Oh, we got rid of them. Mm-hmm. She said that they were interfering with hospital uh, procedure. Right. And and the, so they were all arrested. Yeah. And nobody's there. Mm-hmm. So, and he... It, it had just happened 10 minutes prior. Here's where I think the, the switch turns on in mm-hmm. Michael's head. Yes. That, well, it looks like I have to take over. Yeah. And it's one of the few interactions he has with his father mm-hmm. in this scene, in this uh, segment of the movie. Yes. He measures the bed. He goes, we got to get this bed out of this room. She's like, oh, no. She, he goes, you're going to unhook this. Do you know who my father is? There are men coming to kill my father mm-hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. They're not just going to stop with my father. They'll they'll kill you. They'll kill me. They'll kill everybody. And they're like, 
Whoa, okay. And so she's freaking out. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And they move him just a little bit down the hall. And they wait. Mm-hmm. The scene with the footsteps, you hear that a lot. They didn't film this. Oh. They filmed scenes of the interior of the hospital. Mm-hmm. They filmed the footsteps, but like when people were walking away or people walking into a room. And they decided that they could find a loop good enough mm-hmm. to make it sound methodical. Like, oh, okay. boom, boom, uh-huh. boom, boom. Yes. And they kept showing, like, scenes of the room. They made they blew up areas of a room so that it wouldn't look like the same scene. So they edited this around. And it's, it's a good editing loop. Michael's waiting. You can see the, sh- the, the light in his eye. Mm-hmm. And he's looking out this window. He doesn't have a gun. Michael's always clean. Yeah. So far. <laughs> And in comes this man, and he's just holding this flowers or something like that. He's got a bouquet of flowers. And Michael just rushes out of this room, and he's like, who are you? Yeah. He goes, hey, I'm Enzo, the baker's son, blah, blah, blah. Uh I just wanted to come and pay my respects. I'm so sorry this happened. He's like, you got to come with me right now. (laughs) And so they move down to the front of the hospital, and he's like, all right, put your hand in your pocket. Act like you got a gun. He's like, okay. And his hands are shaking. Poor Anto. And the, and the real story is this is his first film and his hands were really shaking. Oh, really? Yeah, he was very nervous about this movie. And uh, so he reaches into his vest pocket mm-hmm. and they wait. And they're just staring. Mm-hmm. And they, they see this car drive by. The car stops, looks at them, and Michael just gives his... Well, he he also starts unbutton, unbuttoning his coat and yeah. acting like he's reaching for a gun. Right. And that's when they take off. And they just leave. It is amazing the timing mm-hmm. of the police showing up. Yeah, the police it's show instantaneous. up. instantaneous. And it's like, all right, man, why are you two here? Blah, blah, blah. Uh-huh. Check him. Enzo gets frisked. I don't know if he gets let go. I don't. I don't really know. I'm sure he did. Probably. Michael gets frisked. Michael starts mouthing off to the chief. Mm-hmm. Um, forget his name. I hate this guy. I think I wrote his name down later. I just call him the captain. Yeah. So the captain is this old guy. I mean, he's probably in his 50s. And he's like, stand him up. Stand him up straight. Yeah. And he socks Michael in the mouth, breaking his jaw. Suddenly, Tom's people arrived because there was a phone call made. Yes, yes. He called. Before he went down to Enzo, he called Tom and said, nobody's here. Yeah. So, Tom's people arrived. He's like, these men are all armed. They all have certificates. They are private detectives. They are here to protect Don Vito Corleone. Or Vito Corleone. Mm -hmm. Don't call him Don. Yeah, they don't call him Don. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) And. If he interferes, he will have to be seen in front of a judge in the morning. He visibly makes this, like, oh, damn yeah. kind of thing, you know? He's like, oh, all right, He's then. like, fine. <laughs> so they leave. Hospitals look like they might have been scary in the 40s. Yeah, this one did. <laughs> uh, so it's a good thing Michael was at the hospital. He oh, got yeah. his chin worked on, obviously. Yeah. And he gets to go home. Yeah, Sonny gets really angry here. Sonny gets really angry, and he puts out a hit on uh, Tatalia. Bruno Tatalia. Oh, so, yeah. And... And they said they hit the Tatalia family at 4 a.m. Yeah. Yeah. And so, it's like, he just acts before thinking about what is going to yeah. happen here. Um, and I Santino think, wants war. 
Tom wants to protect the business. I think we find out later that because of this, Tatalia's son was killed. Yeah, yeah, he was killed. Mm -hmm. Uh, We find this out in the meeting. The big meeting. Yeah. Sonny and Tom have a fight, which is really good dynamic here. Um, Yeah. Because you really get to see the two sides. Tom is very methodical. Mm -hmm. And he's like, it's not personal. It's business. Right. Even the shooting of your father was business, not personal. Right. Even though it feels personal. It does feel personal. (laughs) Santino, he's just a hothead. Mm -hmm. Can't do anything about it. And so during this meeting is where we get to see Michael really come into fruition here. Mm -hmm. And so Michael wants to set up a meeting uh, with the cop and Salazzo. And he wants to kill them both. And both Tom and Santino laugh about this. Yes. Like, like, you're you're going to get blood on your nice suit. <laughs> yeah. He's like, he's like, this isn't a wartime where you're hitting somebody from 100 yards back. Mm-hmm. This is right up in your face. Bada bing, he's dead. Mm-hmm. And this is his whole Italian thing. Bada bing, bada boom, bada boom. Yeah. You know, you just hear James Conn doing this. James Conn's not even Italian. So they decide to meet. And they agree to meet. Mm-hmm. They meet in a in a restaurant in the Bronx, but Michael has to be picked up. He gets frisked. They go down this road towards uh, New Jersey, and then they do an immediate 180 on, on the bridge to go back to New York. Mm-hmm. They meet in a, this diner in the Bronx. Which they had found out was going to be a place. Yeah. Clemenzo got him a gun. It's taped on the handle and the, and the trigger. No fingerprints, mm-hmm. allegedly. Untraceable. Yeah. And it's really loud. Yes. Scare off So it'll scare people off. He says, shoot both of them in the head twice. Michael does not do that. No. Three shots are fired. Yeah. Uh, So so they meet in this diner and he's told if he he needs to go to the bathroom, they're going to tape the the gun mm -hmm. to this thing because their people know that they're going to be there. Yeah. Salazzo talks to him in Italian. Yes. No uh, no subtitles here. Do you know the reason? No. He's speaking it so fast that they were like, we can't keep up with his dialogue. Oh, really? Yeah. So they just decided to leave it out, which is a, a weird move, but it's they It's weird, did but it. I like it. He'll need to leave immediately is what they yes. told him to do. Drop Shoot the gun. Him, drop the gun. Leave immediately. Leave. Michael don't, doesn't do that. Don't make eye contact, but don't not make eye contact. Yes. So, anyway. Michael deviates slightly here. Yeah. Michael says he has to go to the bathroom. Mm-hmm. They frisk him again. Yes. And he, just to make sure. Well, the, the police captain is eating. eating. He he's, doesn't he's care. He's a big dummy. He, he's like, he's like I've already checked him. He's fine. Yeah. You know, not thinking. Right. He's like, no hard feelings, though, right? Yeah. That jaw thing. Sorry <laughs> about that. Michael has this black eye, too. Yeah. Michael goes to the bathroom. He eventually finds that yeah, gun. Yeah, he freaks out a little bit because he can't find it yeah, right away. Yeah, it's not exactly where he thought it'd be. Mm-hmm. It's where it's where he was told it would be. Mm-hmm. It's just not exactly where he thought it would be. Yeah. He unwraps it, puts it in his pocket, goes out there, shoots Salazzo, Salazzo right in the head. He sits down first. Yeah. He The instructions were to come out and just shoot. Yeah. He sits down and Salazzo's just sitting there talking at him and you can see Michael's eyes just look all over the place because he's it's like he's doing geometry right you know he's trying to figure out how he's going to do this Mm -hmm. and you know he went to war he's a marine 
This is something that he was trained to do. Yes. He stands up, shoots the lasso once in the head. Right in the center of his forehead, yeah. too. Uh, shoots uh, the captain in the throat and then the face. Yes. He stands there for like a half a beat, turns around, start, gets his coat, turns yeah. around, <laughs> walks away, he, and then he, he drops, like, the drops the gun the from gun. like a high yeah. altitude, like like over his head. Yeah, Boom. instead of kind of releasing it as he walks. Right. And right here is where they wanted the intermission. Okay. When Paramount saw the movie, they're like, we can't have an intermission here. You ended on too much of a cliffhanger. Oh. So there's no intermission in this movie. And people were worried about this. They're like, people are going to walk out of this movie before it's over. Oh, really? Yeah. Which luckily didn't happen. No. I wanted more after I saw this. I was like, what's happening next? Right. So here's <laughs> the the George Lucas uh, montage that was he directed. Oh. All the newspapers, the clippings, the uh, pictures. Yes. Some of those pictures are real. Mm-hmm. Some of those pictures are made up. All the headlines are fake. But the police are cracking down on the mafia. They went to the mattresses here. They go to the mattress. Yeah, this is called the mattress montage. The captain is eventually outed uh, for racketeering and drugs. Yeah, they they had people on the newspaper. Michael went to a airport immediately after this, and he went to an undisclosed location, which happens to be Sicily. Mm-hmm. So Michael hides out in Sicily. And uh, Vito comes home. Yes. Now, Vito. All right. So. <laughs> Marlon Brando, being the prankster that he is, uh-huh. put a bunch of weights in his pockets and <gasps> his, his outfit. No. To make him a whole lot heavier <laughs> to take up those stairs. What a dill hole. Yeah. So <laughs> that's just Marlon being Marlon, I guess. Wouldn't you consider that being difficult? Yeah. <laughs> This is a weird scene. Yeah. Like having the grandchildren parade in, you know, and it's like, okay. Yeah. I guess that's what we're so, doing. Yeah, they're doing all this. <laughs> and then he eventually, after all that's done, he's like, so uh, where's Michael? And he yeah. can't speak because he's, you know, he's had that intubator, whatever, down his throat. A trach tube. Yeah, whatever. And. Well, maybe not a trach tube, but. Uh, uh, well, his throat was intubation. bandaged. Yeah. I don't know if he got shot there. He didn't. It was all in his back. Oh, okay. And they said, you know, Michael's the one that shot Salazzo. And you could see the life going out of Vito's yeah, eyes. Yeah, his heart's broken. Michael was supposed to be the politician. The clean politician. The the president yeah. of the United States. Mm-hmm. Michael was supposed to be that guy. Instead, he's just one of them now. Yeah. Yeah, he's very disappointed. He's like, he shoes them out. He's like, I no. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and they're sending Fredo to Vegas. Yes. And uh, Polly's been dealt with. Mm-hmm. That's all they really told him. He shoes him out. We get a little hint that uh, Carlo might be uh, beating the crap out of Talia. Yeah. Not Talia. Uh, Connie. Connie. And Mama says, don't interfere. Yeah, don't interfere. Which <clears throat> is sad. It is. We find out that Michael's under protection of uh, this Don named Don Tomasino. Uh-huh. He's in a wheelchair because every old mafioso's in some kind of crippled state. Well, they've probably been shot. <laughs> they've been shot or hurt. Something. Stress. And then they're in the town of Corleone. And he asks where all the men are. And the one guy says, uh, 
they're all dead from vendettas. <laughs> and I was like, holy crap. Yeah. <laughs> it's not a very safe place. But here's where we do see the most beautiful, most stunning young woman in all of film, Miss Apollonia. Mm-hmm. I don't know her and name. she's really Italian, right? She's really Italian. Yeah. I don't know her real name. Um, I know that she was 16. That's problematic. Yeah, we're going to jail. <laughs> so is everyone else. No. But yeah, Michael, uh, they stop at this like diner of some sort. They're sitting outside. They're talking to this guy about the women. He's like, oh, yeah, the women are all beautiful here. He's like, I got a specific woman. You know, he describes her. He goes, no, no woman like that. And he goes and he starts like throwing crap around. Yelling. They're like, what's the matter? Uh, that's his daughter. We it's should like, get out we of should here. leave. He goes, no. <laughs> this is one of the most Don-like things Michael does. Yeah. Especially early on. And so he has, instead of him speaking directly to the man, he is speaking to him in English while... I never remember this guy's name. Yeah, me either. One of the guys is translating. Yes. And he says, you know, I would like to date her, blah, blah, Mm -hmm. blah, and then she'll be my wife. And he's like, what? Well, he says something about how he tells him his name. And saying how that is very... Um, a very um, powerful name or... Well, no. Uh, you could make a lot of money. By knowing who by I am. By knowing who yeah. I am. But then uh, you you would lose a daughter instead yeah. of gaining a husband. Or some gaining a son-in-law. Or she would gain a husband. It's a right. little weird right now. Um, but basically he says that, let me date your daughter, otherwise... You may end up dead. Yeah. And he's like, you can have us fully supervised. Yeah, I'm not going to yeah. do anything wrong. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, we'll have a good time. So they first meet and he gives her a necklace. He gives the whole family. A Everybody ne- gets something. A, a present. Yeah. Which I thought was interesting because it's it's not just like four or five people, which mm. you think of. America. No, it's like 30. No, it's, it's a circle of people and yeah. he's handing out gifts. Apollonia comes down. You know, and they're like, here's the man you're going to marry. And she's like, oh, great. Yeah. You know, and so we never hear her speak for a long time. No. He hands her that. It's annoying as hell. (laughs) 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 But okay. Yeah. Well, but, you know, he he gives her that necklace and it's like probably the most expensive thing she's ever seen. Yeah. And let's just note also. He's still got the black eye. He and his uh, his cheek is a little swollen. Yeah. The swollen cheek. And he, he's got, um, like, a rag, and he keeps, you know, tabbing his nose. Yeah. And I was like, is his nose runny because his jaw was broken? It's hard to say. Maybe he had a cold that day. Yeah, maybe. Um, they show them walking down this road, and it's then, like, kind of behind them is, like, every family member. like The, the women. 20, 20 women just yeah. right behind them. So she was well protected. And then they get married. Another very catholic wedding yeah they had a brass section yeah they leading did. them out <laughs> yeah and so they cut from that to connie's face being all bruised up santino goes and beats up carlo mm-hmm. they needed more action in the movie so that's what they did they ah. they interjected this part into the movie because he wasn't going to leave he wasn't going to put the domestic violence in the movie he didn't want that but so he had to. In, in, in a way, you kind of need it for 
the scene that happens later. Yeah. But it's rough. It is rough. It's very rough. And it's it was taken in, I think, one shot, and James Caan missed certain punches by a mile. Oh, really? Yeah. If you watch it, watch it real close. Yeah. He's, he just... he kicks him, and it's like his knee never even touches him. <laughs> you know, a lot of a lot of goofy stuff. Uh, a lot of movie mistakes in that one scene. Then we see them get married, and then uh, and then they consummate their marriage. Apollonia is topless in this movie. Boobs. Yeah. Underage boobs. Yeah. And you can kind of tell. You you can definitely tell. Yeah. Like, there's formation, mm-hmm. and I and they're not fully mature. Right. <laughs> And then we we immediately go to Kay yeah. showing up at the Corleone home. Mm-hmm. It's only been a couple weeks. I think it's been a, a couple his, months. His eye is still black by the time the bad stuff happens. Yeah, but I think by the wedding, he, he, his face is better. Nope. Really? He I thought still it was. has a black eye. Oh, that's just, I think that's, maybe this is time displacement. Maybe. I doubt it. I don't know. Because K makes it sound like it's been months. It probably has been a couple months. Mm-hmm. Black eye stays forever sometimes. No, no, doesn't. It doesn't go away. And what if he broke his orbital bone too? Now that would make sense. That would take a while. So yeah, so he went. He went to Italy. Immediately met a girl. Married her. The end. Hmm. Yeah, and then K has no idea what's going on. Yeah, and she tries to give Tom a letter. And Tom's like, I can't accept that because then that means that I know where he is. And I'm like, you can take a letter without meaning that you know where. No, he can't. I guess not. But it seems like she could have just left it in the house anyway. Yeah. He just tells her to go home. Yeah. She let her cab go. So, you know, they have to take her in the house. Yeah. So so she she can get a new cab, you know. And you kind of feel bad for Kay. Because... Everything was going so well for her relationship. Yeah. And then Don got shot. Yep. And then she's immediately shut out. She has no idea what's going on. Mm -hmm. Michael never called her again, which is odd. He couldn't. Well, no, I mean, it's just before before he shot Salazzo and, and the captain, he could have contacted her, but it sounded like he hadn't. He didn't. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know. It's just they, weird. they said briefly that they were going to let Kay know that Michael is OK, but he's somewhere else. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that was it. So we're back at Connie's house uh-huh. and Connie's on the phone with some lady. Yes. And it's one of Carlos. Uh, Extramarital affairs. Yeah, one of his uh, recreational <laughs> dilly dillies. <laughs> and. Connie gets mad. Well, asks, he says, he said, well, she gets mad, but he says that he's going out and she's like, you asked me to make dinner. Yeah. I can understand as a wife being angry about that because when they pass the dinner table, it's a big dinner. Yeah. And she's also pregnant. Yeah. She's so pregnant. It hurts. They get into a fight. He pulls out his belt. Oh, he whips her around. They go to a bathroom. They The bathroom door closes. But you can see in the mirror that he's rearing up to hit her. Yeah. Then all you hear is sounds. Which is just as bad as seeing it. Even though you know he's probably hitting some bar or something. Well, you know. You know. When we lived next to an abusive yes, we did. couple. Yes, we did. And, and that uh, was, we would hear That was stuff. rough. Santino 
hears about this. Well, Connie calls. Yeah. Mama can't understand because no. she's got a crying she's baby. She's got a crying baby. Because that's what they do. They all have babies. Well. It's annoying. Italian and uh, Catholic families, you know, have larger families yeah. typically. Especially back then. They did not believe in birth control. They, I believe they still don't believe in birth control. Mm-mm. So, you know, be fruitful and multiply. Yeah. She gives a phone to Santino. Santino is like, he, he bites his knuckle. He's so angry. He goes, I got to go. And he he leaves without telling anybody what's going on. Yeah. And Tom is like, follow him. Yeah. Two guys, go follow him. These two guys should have put the pedal to the metal. They should have, but who's to know what was going to happen? Well, as far back as they were, they would have easily lost Sonny. Yeah. Sonny stops at a toll booth. The toll booth operation, operator ducks. Another guy rises. Yeah. Uh, they all have guns. Tommy guns of some sort, and they just sh- riddle the car with bullets. It riddle- reminded me of uh, Bonnie and Clyde's car. Yeah, they riddle Santino with bullets. He gets out of the car too, and yeah. I'm like, "Why did you get out? Uh, this is worse to run away." You know, you're not thinking yeah. in a situation yeah. like that. Santino's dead. We see Tom have to tell Vito Santino's dead. Yeah, he. He goes, why is my wife crying? You know? And he said that he hadn't even told her. He hadn't told the mother yet. Yeah. And so he's... He's sad again. Upset, yeah. Mm-hmm. Because Sonny was the firstborn. Vito says he doesn't want to take any revenge. No revenge. Yes. A son for a son, basically. Mm-hmm. And this is where he gets his favor from The Undertaker. Yes. It's a sad scene, too, because they, they go down this freight elevator. They walk over to Santino's body. They uncover it. He goes, look what they did to my little boy. And see, I always thought that's what the line was, too. And I started to write it down. It's not what he says. What does he do? He says, look how they massacred my boy. Oh, yeah. I know. And I, I'd always thought it was the other way. <laughs> <laughs> and so he's like, you can fix him up. I don't want his mother to see her, see him like this. Use so all they're your gonna, skills. They're going to have an open casket for a guy that uh, probably has like 30% of his body. So you can get away with some of that. Some of it. It's a probably high neck, mm-hmm. you know, and, and the suit will cover most of it. Yeah. But if he got hit in the face, that's going to take some real skills. Yeah. So we, we black out from there. We're at Apollonia learning how to drive. Michael mm-hmm. still has a black eye. Okay. I, I keep putting it down. Still has a black eye. I didn't realize that, I guess. Yeah. And, uh... She's kind of cute. She's cute, but you can tell that she's, like, too young. Yes. And he goes... She kind of whines. We're going to go back to America, and you're going to have to learn English. She goes, ah, oh, English, uh, Monday, Wednesday, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, Sunday, uh-huh. Friday. I got it. I got it. <laughs> and it's like, oh, gosh. So he's talking... To somebody, I forget who. Um, he's Don Tomasino comes to visit yeah. him, and he wants him to move to another. He villa. says it's not safe. And then they're, I think they're getting ready to for him to go somewhere. I think he was going to go first. Okay, so he was going to go first, and the guy, one of his bodyguards, says, "So you're going to be the only one in the car?" Yeah, he's like, "Yeah," and he goes, "Are you sure?" And he goes, "Yeah," which should have been a trigger. I would have shot that guy today. Yeah. <laughs> I would instead, have been like, wait, what? <laughs> instead, uh, he asks where Apollonia is. 
the other bodyguard I think was clueless. I think he was too. And we see this bodyguard in, in the third, third movie. one and he is a bad guy there. Not that one. This is a guy that dressed up like the priest. I thought in the third movie that the the clueless guy is not. He still works for Don Tomasino. Oh, this okay. guy that is the traitor. Yeah, yeah, we see him also. Okay, and so he looks out. He sees that Apollonia is in the car. She goes, "I'm going to drive to you." And that's when he gets a clue. And he's, he's like, like no, "No, don't!" And the car explodes. You see her leg. Yes. I mean, it's it's just like this thing, and it's like, oh, God. We could have done without the leg. This, that's a dead little girl right there. I know. I know. And you're just devastated. Because you know, even though it's been such a short amount of time, you know Michael has fallen f- in love with this woman. Yeah. Who was hopefully a woman at the time. <laughs> yeah. Woman enough, I guess. Yeah. And so, next we come into the five family meeting the heads of the five families like almost immediately right into this this scene yeah this is where don corleone i think is sizing everybody up mm-hmm. he's trying to find out who the rat really is yes because it's not uh tatalia tatalia is a pimp yeah. is what he calls him later yeah. he doesn't want to get in the drug dis- business mm-hmm. he's out for partying that's yeah. all he does yeah don barzini is the guy yeah and uh after the whole scene, he's like, I, I never suspected that it was Barzini all along. Yeah. So and Corleone, that's the guy that you see at the very beginning of the mm-hmm. movie. Corleone negotiates for his son's safe return. Mm-hmm. He says, if his plane goes down, if his car gets a flat tire, if a bolt of lightning strikes him from the sky, I'm going to hit every last one of you. Mm-hmm. And I guess that was enough for them to go. Right. I, I think that the Don has enough reputation and clout that they know he's serious. Right. But he has to make a deal here to get into the drug business. Right. And one of the other Dons says, uh, he stands up. It's kind of weird. He stands up and he says how he doesn't want it in schools and he doesn't want it sold to children. Yeah. And so there's rules to getting into this new drug trade. Yeah, and they've done a really good job about that. <laughs> we cut now to Michael. Yeah. Well, it's actually Kay walking a bunch of school kids across the street, and mm-hmm. Michael gets out of a car. Yeah. And she's like, how long have you been back? He goes, a year. Yeah. Maybe more. Maybe more. He doesn't have the black eye. No. He's he's all healed now. Yeah. <laughs> um, but he is in full Michael the Don Corleone yes. mode. Yes. He, he's, he is now that guy. Mm-hmm. He lost his soul when he shot Salazzo. Yeah, yeah. Uh, He tells her that he's the head of the family. He's working for his father now. Yeah. And that... uh, They'll be legitimate in five years. Yeah. Things are (laughs) going to be different. It's always five years, by the way. It's always five years. (laughs) There's a meeting with Mike, Tom, and Santino. Well, before we move on... Not even Santino. Santino's dead. Yeah, no. Before we move on, he, he... just out of nowhere goes, I want to marry you. Yeah. I'm like, dude. <laughs> it's been a year. It's okay. Grieving time's over. You haven't seen this woman. He never in this movie tells her. No. About Apollonia. He doesn't mention Apollonia to anybody until the third movie. Mm-hmm. So it was private. It, it was, and it was heartbreaking, but you're like, dude. Yeah. So they say that Tom is out as consigliere. 
just just for this, I think. Yeah, just for the he, war. They go, they go. You're not a wartime consigliere. And I don't know who they put in. Do they put in Clemenza? Like, I don't. I'm unsure as who they put I'm in. I'm unsure of that as well. But it would make sense that Clemenza comes in because Clemenza has experience. Yeah. He says that this kind of war happens every five to ten years. Mm-hmm. And so they just. They decide that they're going to go into the gambling business. They're going to buy a casino in Las Vegas and start making, legitimizing their business as they get out of New York. Mm-hmm. Not a bad idea. So they go to Vegas. Hi. Hello, and, Fredo. And here's where we meet Fredo the Putt. <laughs> he opens the door, like, and there's a party going on. He's like, I don't want the, Michael's like, I don't want the party get him out of here i'm tired uh-huh. i'm leaving tomorrow yeah i'm here just to see mo green and then leave yeah he's like all right but yeah you know, michael we put a lot of time into this he goes get them out yeah i want to see mo green that's it mm-hmm. and he's like where is mo and fredo goes oh he told me to call him when the party gets started yeah and he goes we'll call him yeah the party started <laughs> let's go and you're like michael is one scary sob yeah so we meet up with Mo Green, played by Rocco. What's his name? Or I forget his name. I forget his name too. But he, I think he played Joe's dad on The Facts of Life. Yeah, we did another movie with him in it. Yeah. So. Oh, it was that uh, uh, Return to Dead High or Return to Horror High. Horror High. Yeah. yeah, he was in that. Michael offers Mo to take the business off his hands. He goes, "Why would I do that? Because mm-hmm. you're losing money. Maybe we could do a better job at it." Mo takes this as an insult. Don't know why. Absolutely, And he says that Barzini will give him a deal and he'll get to keep his hotel. Yeah. And you're like, there's Barzini again. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then he asks him, is this why you slapped my brother in public? Yeah. And and Fredo's like defending (laughs) him. Fredo gets like scared when he mentions that. He's like, no, 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 Mo, no. Come on. That's mine. It's always my fault. It's fine. It's very domestic wife. Yeah. Yeah. Fredo sides with Mo. So after the meeting's over, Mo leaves. Michael says the one thing, never side with anybody other than the family ever again. And that was it. Mm-hmm. Fredo feels like he's the older brother. He deserves to say what he wants. He feels like he deserves respect. Right. Now, a few years must have passed because Kay has two children that are over toddler age. She's only got one at this point. Two kids come out of that car. Oh, because I was going to say, Kay and Michael have a toddler that's three. One of them was probably three. The other one was not three. Okay. One was a boy, one was a girl. Oh, I didn't realize that the younger daughter had already been born. Yeah. So a few years must have passed. It doesn't say how many. Um, But Vito and Mike are talking um, about assassinating Barzini. So they must have, this must have been a very calculated thing. I think think we're right at the five-year mark here. Okay. Because it, it, it's it's right around that timing. We're almost to five years, I think. Okay. And Connie and Carlo are, have had another baby. Yeah. And he's asked to be the godfather. And mm-hmm. he's like, I'm, I'm deciding whether I want to do this, you know. And they're also talking about when Vito dies, the person that comes up to you and asks you to have a meeting is the traitor. Right. And we're like, oh, he's he thinks he's going to die soon. Yeah, so the relationship between Michael and Vito is a little weird. 
in the wedding, he's looking for Michael. And then at one point, he sees Michael through the window. Mm -hmm. Another time when Michael saves him in the in the bedroom Mm -hmm. or in the uh, hospital room, uh, Vito opens his eyes and he smiles at him. Mm -hmm. It's another weird interaction. This is a third interaction where he's talking business with his son. Mm -hmm. You you can tell that Michael is the favorite son. Yeah. And has been. Has. Yeah, definitely. So Vito's playing with one of his grandchildren Mm -hmm. in a tomato field. I think his name is Michael Jr. It probably is. Yeah. And uh, he has a heart attack and dies. It's a nice scene, though. It, it's really and sweet before he dies. You should you should really watch this scene because I'm not going to give it any justice and I'm not even going to talk about it. <laughs> I mean, I really love this scene. Really? It's really sweet. He, he like, plays with the little boy. This was the only scene that wasn't written by uh, Coppola or Puzo. It was written by somebody else. Oh, really? Yeah, they needed a they needed a death scene and both of them couldn't come up with a good death scene. So they, he was going to just be dead off camera. Oh. Paramount didn't like that. Yeah, this was this was kind of natural. Yeah. So we go to Vito's funeral. Michael is he doesn't look sad. He doesn't look angry. Mm-mm. He looks calculated. Yeah, he's he's eyeing everybody coming up to the coffin. Mm-hmm. So Tatalia comes up, Barzini comes up, Tessio comes up, Clemenza. Clemenza comes up. Everybody comes up. And then Tessio goes and talks to Barzini and then he walks over to Michael. He says Michael, we need to talk about this Barzini business. And they stand up, and there's a weird reflection in his friggin' coat. <laughs> I I wasn't able to see the reflection. I like I saw peach color. Mm-hmm. I just figured it was sun reflecting off of the glass of yeah. the, the the television. No, of the uh, the coat? camera. You oh. know, like sun hitting the camera. No. But apparently it's a face. There's a face there. Whose Clear face is as it? day. It's Mama Corleone's face. <laughs> a lot of people thought it was a ghost. Oh, you know, there's been funny. a lot of weird rumors about it, but it's it was a reflection of Mama Corleone's face. It was probably superimposed from cuz he's sitting right next yeah, to her. Yeah, they're right next so to each other. So it's probably a zoom shot and her face just was like in the zoom shot. It's odd. Yeah. And the first time I saw it I was like, "What the hell was that?" <laughs> So, uh, so Tom... Te- Tessio's a traitor. Yeah. Tom, when he finds out it's Tessio, he goes, huh, I always thought it'd be Clemenza. And I was like, what gave you the idea that it'd be Clemenza? Clemenza is his oldest friend. But he has the highest ambitions. Well, he does want to start his own family. Yeah. But I don't think he would have ever betrayed Well, during Vito. during the time of the war, they were like... Maybe Tessio and I could start our own family, you know, and we could get a thing going. Mm-hmm. And they're like, no, you're staying with us. And they're like, all right, five years. All right, five years. Yeah, yeah. We'll give you five years. Times were changing. Yeah. I still don't think that, that Clemenza would have ever betrayed him. Any of them. No, I don't either. Mm-mm. No. You, Especially you get, once you see the, the second movie. Yeah. You get a really good uh, spaghetti and meatball recipe out of Clemenza during yes. this movie. Yes. <laughs> you get a lot of interesting stuff that happens with Clemenza. He's a very charismatic character. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's played by somebody else in the uh, in the flashback yes. scenes with uh, with De Niro in the second movie. Yes. But he's just this big fat guy. 
Michael agrees to be uh, Connie's. Connie. I keep wanting to call her Talia. <laughs> I like that name better. Uh, Connie's uh, daughter's god or son's godmother, yes. godfather. I mean, so they're at this Catholic christening baptism. What the heck was that? It 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 was baptism. Okay. So the plan was that during this baptism, everything would go down. Yeah. And everything does go down. Oh my goodness. It's so good. Like the cutscenes are done really well. Um, nothing is before it should be. Yeah, there's like, And you get this get the feeling that it all happens simultaneously. Absolutely. In the scene, Clemenza climbs a bunch of stairs. And Coppola and the guy who played Clemenza mm-hmm. were kinda Portly. Angry. Oh. <laughs> towards each other. Oh, really? Yeah. So he had Clemenza climb those stairs four or five takes. Out of spite? Yeah. That's horrible. So he good, got the shot. It's a good thing he didn't have a heart attack. Yeah, he's a big guy. <laughs> one one dude is killed in a bed with a hooker. Yeah. Um, one couple dudes and these are, are killed all in the an dons. elevator. Yeah, all the heads of the five family. They're all getting yes. killed. Yeah, one dude is killed in an elevator with his bodyguard. One dude is stuck in that one of those turnstile yes. uh, things, and uh, they lock the- it, and then he shoots him through it. Barzini Barzini's is coming is down awesome. some stairs, and this guy dressed as a cop who had been trying to get another guy to move along, but he He was wouldn't. trying to get his driver to move along. Yeah, and he wouldn't, so he shoots the driver, and then he shoots uh, Barzini. Yeah. And Barzini falls down the stairs. Uh-huh. That hitman... I never remember his name. But he's in every single movie. He is in every movie. He's and in the he, final scene of this movie. He is in, uh, he, he seems to be the Clemenza to Michael. Yeah. Yeah. He's Michael's button man. Yeah. And he keeps him in all three movies. Yeah. And for good measure, they shoot Mo Green through the eye. Yes. And that's the exact same way uh, Bugsy Siegel died, by the way. Really? Yep. Through the eye? Through the eye. Ooh. Seems like it might be quick, though. Then they pick up Tessio. <laughs> yeah. So Tom's like, yeah, we got to go. He's like, all right. And so Tessio's- He's like, we got to go in separate cars. Yeah. We got to go, what? That that wasn't the plan. Yeah. Because he thinks that they're going to that yes. meeting with Barzini. Yeah. Because that's not the plan. He's like, yeah, plans are changing get in the car with these guys and it's clemenza and some other people and they're like hello tessio and he's like he knows he's like oh man yeah he's like hey tom how about letting me off for old, for old time's, time's sake? sake and it's like dude you betrayed them and i remember hard. i remember watching a stand-up comedian doing this scene and of him just being like hey tom why don't you let me off for good time's sake and it's not even going to translate well on uh yeah. Audio, but all you see is the guy go, <laughs> cold eyes, just yeah. shaking his head. But instead of that, Tom says, I can't do that. Mm-hmm. And so Tessio's just gets in the car. Mm-hmm. He has to. And so Michael is now the godfather of the baby. Everybody's yep. coming out. He tells Carlo, you can't go to Vegas. Right. And uh, that they need to go talk. Right. So he can't go to Vegas right now. Yes. So he's sending Connie to Vegas? That's what it sounds like. Because Connie's back at the house at the end of this. Well, I'm thinking that 
maybe she was back she went back to her place to to gather yeah, her maybe. things she's got two kids you know so they confront you have to answer for Santino and he's like what yeah I didn't do that he's like <laughs> don't treat me like I'm stupid uh-huh and and Michael is cold yeah he's extremely cold like that they, man had his brother killed well yeah but uh the differences between Vito and Michael's style mm-hmm. are night and day. Yeah, a little bit. Vito is kind of warm, even though he's he's obviously done some things and he's kind of hard. Yeah. He's warm about it. Michael is extremely cold. So it's interesting how Carlo is like, I didn't do anything. Right. Until right before, you know, everything goes down. Yeah, he just tells him, he says, uh, cer- certain people are dead. Yeah, I think when he found out when Barzini was mm-hmm. dead, he, he... He starts to break down. Yeah. Because he's like, oh, if he's dead, then there's no retaliation on me then. Which is dumb to think. Uh, it's a good way to think because he is part of this family. They're not going to kill one of their own. Except Michael's, Michael's a different person. Michael says that they're not going to kill him. He's the godfather to his uh, son, for yes. goodness sake. By yes. the way, that son was actually uh, Sofia Coppola. Was it? Yeah. <laughs> uh, future director Sofia Coppola mm-hmm. and future uh, wooden actress. She acts like a block of wood in that movie. <laughs> she does do one of uh, one one of my favorite movies, uh, The Suicide. The Virgin Suicides. The Virgin Suicides, yeah. Yeah. They tell Carlo they got him a plane ticket. He needs to pack his stuff. He needs to leave. And he's never coming back. Mm-hmm. They'll give him a job, but he's never going to do family business. Right. No big deal. He's like, all right. He gets, gets in the in front the seat of the car. You hear Clemenza say, hello, Carlo. And then he piano wires his throat, kills him. His foot, it comes out of the car. Mm-hmm. This is a really... It's, it's a good shot, shot well. Yeah, it's a good it's shot. It's shot really well, yeah. The car starts moving and he's still struggling and his foot is just still, you yeah. know, coming out of that windshield. And you're like... And the car's oh, moving. The, just the ever camera's so just slightly. planted right there on the hood. So you get that shot yeah. of them driving away. It's and a then, good shot. And then when, when he stops, I never really paid attention. But I was really intent on looking. And you can see Carlo slumped over through mm-hmm. the window. Yeah. You know, and I'd never really seen that scene that way before. Right. So it's kind of a, a new take on it. It's a it's it's a good scene. It's it's brutal. <laughs> so we're coming to the close of the movie. Yeah. Now Connie's a little hysterical, and I don't know why. Because it's her husband. Yeah, okay. He he was her sole source of income. Yeah. And battered wife syndrome. Talia Shire can act. Mm-hmm. And she does a really good job in Rocky. Mm-hmm. She is an exact opposite of what she is in uh, the Godfather movies. As far as she's not loud. She's not hysterical. Right. No. No. She has, a, she has really sweet scenes. Mm-hmm. In the Godfather, she is battered, beaten, screaming, yelling. And she's been always a angry. bit of a princess. Yeah. And I think that's the way that they wanted her to play it. Right. Absolutely. Because in the second movie, she's calm again. Well, A little. The beginning of the second movie, yeah. she's not. 
The third movie, she's extremely calm. Yeah, in the third movie, she's, she's, she's a scary woman. Yeah. I mean, she kills a guy with cannolis. He had it coming. Yeah, he did. <laughs> so, yeah, she's confronting Michael. She's like, you had him killed. You did this, you did that. And, and he's, he's like, like no, no, why would I do that? He's like, I didn't kill him. And he didn't. He didn't. Yeah, no. he's, not, he's not lying. <laughs> he didn't kill her or kill him. No, he had someone else do it. Yeah. She's like, not your husband, not your husband. And it's like, you got to think, I'm not going to get beat anymore, though. Yeah. So he hugs her, and she's, like, hysterically hugs him back and then pushes him away. It's funny because he doesn't get out of his chair for this scene. He has somebody, like, bring her here, you know, and they push her towards him, you know, and she goes in for the hug. And I was like, that's odd. It was odd. It's odd. Yeah. I felt like he did stand up, though. No, he didn't. He was still sitting. (laughs) Maybe he's just that short. Well, I think... I don't know if he got up after. I'm pretty sure he did, because he's standing. He he walks around later, but at at the hugging scene, he's still sitting in his chair. Yeah, it's a little bizarre. It's a weird scene. I've always thought it was weird. And, And so they take her away. He says, get her a doctor. She needs a doctor. She's hysterical. Because that's what women are when they're upset. It's yeah. hysterical. Yeah. Her husband's dead. She just needs her button played with. <gasps> <laughs> and Kay kind of is like, she feels emboldened around Michael. Yeah. And she says, Michael, did you do it? She's like, don't ask me about my business. All he could have said is no. And she presses him again and he slams his hand on the table. And this is the first time he yells at anybody. Yeah. Is right here at the end. Mm-hmm. And he goes, don't ask me about my business. And then immediately he was like, okay, one time. Yeah, one time. It's like, really? And she goes, did did you do it? And he goes, no. And she goes, huh, that's a relief. And she walks away. <laughs> she doesn't walk away right away. Uh, I think she's like, oh, I'll get, uh, get you a drink. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, the famous last scene is her standing there in the hallway looking back. And watching Clemenza and this other guy and this other guy kissing his hand, calling uh, him Godfather. Uh-huh. And then and then the cop guy closes yeah. the door. Yeah. The guy that dressed like the cop, he closes the door. And that's and, and you see her the light in her eye go dim. Yeah. She's like, Oh. And that's it. Yeah. Credits. End of movie. So this was a long one. Well, yeah, it's a long movie. Yeah. I really like this movie. It has a lot of depth to it. There's so much going on. So much. I call this one of the most perfect movies ever made. Yeah, yeah. There's very few plot holes. You can kind of fill in the blanks, you know. Mm -hmm. You could just enjoy the movie for being just a movie about a family. Mm -hmm. It's not necessarily about the mafia, I don't think this is about the illegitimate side of their family as much as it is the dynamic of the family right. itself. Right. This could have been the Waltons. I want to see that movie now. <laughs> Your John Boy. <laughs> bada bing, bada boom. <laughs> but, you know, this could have been any family, really. Yeah. Just dealing you don't, with You don't stuff. know what goes on behind doors. Uh-uh. Everybody that I talk to that hates this movie hates it for the wrong reasons oh they don't like it because it's too slow they don't like it because 
they don't understand 1940s culture. Oh. It's not mobby enough, you know. I will say that I wasn't interested in watching the movie the very first time beforehand. Right. Because I was like, oh, it's going to be really boring. It's going to be slow. Mm-hmm. And then you were like, you you brought the, the VHSs to me. And there's VHS. two of them. Yeah. And I was like, okay. And I was pregnant with Jason. Yeah. And I think I was on bed rest by this point. So I was like, I got nothing else to do. Right. <laughs> and so I watched them. And then I had to rewatch them mm-hmm. and rewatch them. I was fascinated. Yeah. I loved it so much. They're really good movies. Uh, I can't recommend these movies enough. Well, at least the first two. The third one. Eric doesn't like the third one. It's an acquired taste. It, it finishes some parts of the story, but then it opens up a whole other can of worms. And it doesn't really complete a trilogy. I kind of disagree a little bit. I do like the third movie for the most part. There's a lot that could be, you know, the the cousin kissing and and other things yeah. could be, you know, not in there. But I really feel like it wraps up Michael's story. Yeah, I guess. I mean, it it does end that way in the third movie. It ends with Michael. Yeah. They could have opened this up to the other guy, Andy Garcia taking on the Dawn ship, you know, and I'm glad they didn't. I'm glad that they didn't either. But uh, a guy wrote a sequel to the Godfather three that was approved by Mario Puzo. Was it going to be Garcia's character? Yeah. It was going to be Vincent. I just, I I don't think we ever needed that. No. Um, so favorite character. I've always loved Michael. Mm -hmm. Um, side character wise. Mama is actually one of my favorite people. Yeah, she's good. You don't you don't really realize how much she's in the movie. Tom is really good. I've always enjoyed him. And uh I think actually out of all of the characters though, Clemenza is my favorite. Yeah. Yeah, you've always loved Clemenza. <laughs> um I'm going to go with Tom because uh Tom just he's just one of the guys that he's the fish out of water guy. He really even is he's in the water. Yeah. Um, but he's the one that explains things to people. Mm-hmm. He makes sure that you know what's going on. Yeah. Throughout the whole entire yeah. movie, least liked character. I would probably say that <laughs> I Connie really gets on my nerves in this. Yeah, movie. she she's a she has a personality that great on anybody's nerves. Yeah, but Carlo, I really dislike him. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Carlo is a piece of crap. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Music-wise, this movie probably is outstanding. It it did not win an Oscar for music. It has beautiful music. Because the composer used the same music in a different film uh, 10 years or 11 years before that. Mm. But funny enough, he won uh, best score in the second movie. Really? And it is not very different. It's hard to write music. A lot of people won Academy Awards for this. Uh, famously, Brando? famously, Brando won, and uh, he did not come to accept. Instead, a Native American woman came and accepted, but protested the uh, depiction of Native American culture in films. Okay. So, 
He's always people, been a bit of a A lot of people poo-poo that. And they're like, eh, he was just being a dirt. No, he wasn't. He believed in something. Yeah. And he stuck to his guns. Yeah. So get a over lot your of, butt. A lot of actors protest things. And I respect that, I guess. Yeah. So anyway, this has been Happy Fun Time Movie Hour. It's been a long one, too. Yeah. If you like us, find us on Facebook. We are Happy Fun Time Movie Hour. We're also on Twitter. You can find us at, at Funtime Movies One. That is Funtime Movies and the number one. You can find us on Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Pandora. Pandora. We're on Spotify, everything. We're even on something called Stitcher. Podtail. Yeah. Stitcher. Wherever you can find us, we're there. Yep. Other than that, not sure what we're doing next week yet. I kind of want to do The Godfather Part Two, but. I think it's a little early. Yeah, I do too. So, anyway, we'll we're figure something out. We're going to go watch a movie. Yeah, we're going to watch a movie, and so should you. So go out there, go watch a movie.